Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Me, I'm your co-host Justin McElroy, and I'm Sydney McElroy. And uh, we've got an exciting episode for you today. I know, I know, I always say that, but it, this one's really good because it's not boring. It's fun. Um. Okay. I know why. I know why you're saying that it's a different episode. Like I know uh-huh. what you're about to say next. Yes. Um. Yes. But I feel like the insinuation underlying it now is that when I do an episode, when I'm the one leading the episode, it is boring okay. and it isn't fun. Okay. Interesting. Speak on that. Well, because what Justin's about to tell you is that he did the he did the episode. I did. He Yay, researched it. Justin. Yes. Hooray. It was very kind of you. I had a an incredibly rough day. The day that I usually reserve to like finish out and make sure my topic's all ready to go and my research is all together was a very, very rough day. Yes. So me had to see to a, a hit and run that happened right in front of her. Mm-hmm. She had to do doctor stuff. The person's going to be okay. Yes. She didn't have to doctor. But it was, it was an intense day and I did not do my work, which I think is fine. By the way, I'm going to normalize that. That's fine that I didn't get my work done. Because why is it okay for you, Sid, in this specific case? I was a network of people around you. Yes, this is true. You. Yes. And we should all be able to, when we um, have a traumatic experience, especially like that, something sudden and unexpected, we should all be given the space and time to cope with that mentally and emotionally and not be forced to do work that we are not in a headspace to be able to perform. It wouldn't have been very good. I would have suffered. It would have been bad for everyone. This will be much better. I will now begin the episode. I shall impersonate a man. <laughs> okay. Come enter into my imagination and see him bony, hollow-faced eyes that burn with the fire of inner vision. He conceives the strangest quest ever imagined to help his clumsy wife with her Did you write this down? No, this is the introduction to um, uh, Man of La Mancha. Oh, okay. So, But I'm like, I'm introducing, I'm going to walk this one in in a different way. I'm going to give you a little bit of the rest of the story action I would love to know. our recording. I would love to know, by the way, how many of our listeners knew that was the intro to Man of La Mancha. Only the cool ones. Uh, no, I want to introduce you to Earl Dixon. Uh, D-I-C-K-S-O-N. Would have been in the 19-teens that this happened. Earl Dixon was a, a cotton buyer. This was not the Earl that the Dixie Chicks sang. No, of, this was not. This okay. was E-A-R-L-E. So it's a So little, it's a different Earl. That is the only way we know for sure it's a different it's Earl. It's a little that different. Is, that's the one clue we have that it's not the same Earl. Uh, um, yes, that is. it is a completely different Earl. Uh, but he had a wife. He had been newly married. 
uh, and to his wife, Josephine. And Josephine was a little bit accident prone. And when she was cooking, she would um, cut herself. And in the the olden days, there wasn't a good way of dealing with this in an easy way, right? Like minor we cuts. We had not invented profanity, so you had to say like, "Aw shucks," Aww, or "Beans," ah, darn zoons. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> uh, so here's what he did. He worked for a company called Johnson and Johnson. So he and Josephine worked together with some uh, two J and J products. It was a, an adhesive tape that J and J made. And uh, a gauze. Mm-hmm. And they combined these by laying out this like really long strip of surgical tape and then placing a strip of gauze down the middle. And then on the uh, uh, other side of the adhesive, he put crinoline fabric yeah. onto it. And this with Tweety Bird on it. No, <laughs> Tweety Bird was not on this one. <laughs> oh, okay. But you have sussed out that this was the creation, him and Josephine had created the band aid. And what this was at this time, it was it was to allow you to treat minor wounds, ideally by yourself, easily and quickly without the help of somebody having to cut. Think about it. It's, it's weird we take for granted how easy it is to take care of, like, minor scrapes and cuts with Band-Aids. But before this, like, it wasn't easy. You're going to go mm-hmm. dig through your first aid kit and find your surgical tape and your gauze, and it's probably not a big enough cut, so you just leave it. You know what I mean? You yeah. roll with it. Um, but they, but he had created Band-Aids. This cotton buyer uh, had created Band-Aids, which were uh, released in 1921. Now, now for, for the first time for our friends across the pond, mm, a plaster. Thank you. Yes. Now, Band-Aid is a brand, brand of plaster in the UK, <laughs> but it's so, a band of bandage here. Yeah, that's what. But we right. never say bandage. No, we say Band-Aid. If I say if somebody asks me for a bandage, I assume they want something other than a band-aid. Right. Like they don't want a band-aid, they want something that I would put on them. If you're asking me for a bandage, you're like, I, I assume you want me to like put some gauze and wrap it and do some stuff. And they, and, they have yeah. worked for a long time to keep the name from becoming genericized, like Kleenex or um Xerox, because if you lose that you can lose the ability to enforce that trademark if it if it enters into like the public lexicon. But okay. And I mean, this is not, I am not making any case that it should or shouldn't do that. But hasn't it? Has, I mean, isn't Band-Aid is synonymous what, with Band-Aid? Is this what it's like to record with me? I mean, to get derailed literally three minutes in when you've got so much information to cover. Is that what it feels like? I'm so, so sorry. It, it does. So sorry. But I thought that was the appeal of our show. It is the appeal of our show. I'm kidding. I didn't research that's that why, much, That's so. why I let it slide. <laughs> no, well, I know you didn't research that that question, I guess it's more of a hypothetical. I feel, to me, Band-Aid is, that is what that is. It yes. is just a Band-Aid. Uh, the first uh, Band-Aid was released in 1921. It was, they were made by hand, okay? They were three inches wide, if you can imagine. I know you're not mm-hmm. big on measurements, but like three inches wide, mm-hmm. about like this. Justin's holding his fingers up to show me what and, three inches uh, looks like. And 18 inches long. <laughs> yeah. right? That's a big Band-Aid. Well, the idea was you would cut what you needed oh. off of this. So if you'd imagine... Three inches long, right? You cut a one-inch strip, and now you have a three-by-one Band-Aid. As well, we but would. is gauze just gauze in is the going, middle? Gauze is just a strip in the middle, so you're cutting— But does cr- it go the whole length of it? It does, but you're uh, cutting You're cutting gotcha. lengthwise, right? I so understand it creates now. the Band-Aid that we— I understand. Okay. I was imagining a square of gauze in the middle, like a like a giant fun-size Band-Aid. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but that—so it was just a big strip of band, Band-Aids, basically. You would cut off the size gotcha. that you needed and, and, and roll with it. They weren't a very big hit. 
uh, at first. $3,000 were sold the first year because people weren't sure what it was. But how would you package that? Because if it's sticky, you can't roll it up. Did they have the little, like, paper that they put on it now, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, to keep it from sticking to itself. You peel the paper off? I'm not exactly sure. But Margaret Gurowitz is who I owe a lot to for this episode. She's Mm -hmm. the chief historian of Johnson & Johnson. She said that uh, uh, only 3,000 were sold the first year because people weren't sure how to use them. Um, The company started hiring traveling salesmen to go demonstrate it to uh, people like doctors, retail pharmacists, and interestingly, butchers, who they thought would get a lot of use out of it, right? You see people using it. Um, This was also a similar factor uh, for the Boy Scouts of America. The BSA troops um, were sent free unlimited supplies of band-aids and mm. band-aids became like a standard that they would put into um like their first aid kits sure that the, the, the boy scouts of america get and that's still a standard today mm-hmm. but they basically like flooded them with band-aids yeah uh, to, to to get the word out to let people see um by 1924 just three years later they were made by machine and they abandoned that whole like needing scissors to just have like individual, individual band-aids. And they also started using, and I don't remember this, but I, I assume some of the listeners will, but there was a red string in each package that you would pull the red string and that would tear them open. Do you remember, I remember that? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that was before we had the, you know, the peel apart paper or mm-hmm. whatever, but you would pull the red string and make it so you could take the bandit out. Which is, it's a very satisfying package now. It is. Very, it it's is also very, very satisfying. satisfying to open. Yeah. So they started spreading these around, and they need to spread the word of of Band Aid, right? So they're 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 telling people about them. They're getting the the word out. Um, in in an effect that I I believe we have seen several times, and I've heard about many more times than that. Um, like I know, I think Hershey's would probably be in this category, where um the the celebrity, the popularity was really cemented when they were shipped overseas. During World War II, and they were kind of a standard mm. issue over there, and they were used by a lot of soldiers in the early forties, um, and that uh, and that helped it. So when they got back, you know, they knew about band aids, and the soldiers were like, "Hey, we need we need some of these." So that helped it to propagate. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too because I wouldn't think I've never been on the like a physician in a, that setting, but you wouldn't think band aids would play a huge role. Well, it probably if they can take care of smaller stuff on their own mm-hmm. and not get infections, or or help to keep it protected sure. at least, it's yeah. probably you know I can see that good, yeah good, a little bit of triage that's interesting. Um, the the next sort of like big watermark for um for band aid, and I'll ask you to to slip on your headphones right now, Sid, because you know when I do these, I like you to like do sound effects. I like to do a little like multimedia, so um. Look, here is the new Band-Aid plastic strip with new Super Stick. It sticks better than any other bandage. The proof? Take a dry egg at room temperature. Touch the egg with any other bandage. Brand X, brand Y, brand Z. Not one sticks. But a Band-Aid plastic strip with new Super Stick sticks tight instantly. Watch it again in slow motion. No pressure, yet we can lift the egg, even boil it and the Band-Aid plastic strip never comes loose. Maybe you don't want to broil eggs this way, but you do want the extra protection of Band-Aid plastic strips. They take better care of little cuts and scratches. They stay put. 
Yes, even in hot, soapy dishwater. Neat, fresh-colored, almost invisible. Band-Aid plastic strips with new Super Stick stick better than any other bandage. Made mm. only by Johnson & Johnson, the most trusted name in surgical dressings. Be sure you get Band-Aid plastic strips. So, uh, that I like that the lady says um, that you may not want to cook an egg like this. Imagine... You, but you may. Imagine you come home and your dad is like dunking eggs into hot water that they're attached to band-aids. Like, how else do you cook them, kids? What, I, are you, what are you talking about? I was sitting there thinking this is such a wild commercial because I'm watching people essentially stroke an egg with band-aids. Yes, basically stroking it they're with band-aids. They're stroking an egg with band-aids. But the thing is, like, it was very effective because I will never forget the image of someone stroking an egg with a band-aid now. Mm-hmm. That's was, locked in your in your memory. And that was a also, very popular commercial. Design. Also, I think we have to call attention to the very subtle racism there. Flesh-colored. Well, hold on. Yes, that is an excellent point, Sydney, and it is one that we will discuss at length. So fear, okay. fear not about that. But that sure. was... Uh, one of the first big, uh, I guess you'd say the first big wins for for them. Um, I, I do, <laughs> uh, I, I want to talk about another really successful um, marketing campaign. And it's one that I think is diabolical mm-hmm. in its nature. Uh, and we are going to do that. But first, uh, we're going to take a, a brief trip to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes, you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week, I'm gonna be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got at two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or clean up. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, f- and th- the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web 
design artist, but you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hi, everyone. I'm Adam McLeod. And I'm Alexis B. Preston. And we host a show called Comfort Creatures, the show for every animal lover, be it a creature of scales, six legs, fur, feathers, or fiction. Comfort Creatures is a show for people who prefer their friends to have paws instead of hands. Unless they are raccoon hands, that is okay. That is absolutely okay, yeah. Yes. Every Thursday, we'll be talking to guests about their pets, learning about pets in history, art, and even fiction. Plus, we'll discover differences between pet ownership across the pond. It's going to be a hoot on Maximum Fun. Sydney, I want you to meet... (laughs) Dr. Dan the Bandage Man. Dr. Dan the Bandage Man. Dr. Dan the Bandage Man. Mm -hmm. It is a little golden book from the art. Does that like ring a bell for you? I've seen this book. You've seen it? I was sitting there thinking, I feel like there was a little golden book with Dr. Dan. I don't remember the Bandage Man, but I remember Dr. Dan in a little golden book. Okay. So Dr. Dan the Bandage Man. This is 1950. So it actually predates our our egg uh, a little bit. Dr. This Sorry. would make sense because I have some of the little golden books that my dad had as a kid. Oh, right yeah, on. Those, I... those are they're hidden among the other golden well, books. Well, it has been in circulation since then and mm. is still made. Still uh, made? Yeah. It, okay. So here's what's, here's the story. It's about a little boy who scratches his finger while he's playing, goes to his mom. He says, Mom, I, uh, you know, I got a cut on my hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, well, there's nothing I can, I can do about that. And then she's like, wait a minute. That's not true. I have band-aids. So she gets a band-aid. Um, very not not a bandage, a band-aid brand band-aid in this yeah. book, right? Washes the wound, puts a band-aid brand bandage mm-hmm. on. And uh for the rest of the book, Dr. Dan, anytime anything goes wrong with somebody, he's like, don't even sweat it. I have band-aids for you. Introducing this idea of play and band-aids. The book came with, and, and may still, I think, uh, come with six Band-Aids, like, packed oh in. Oh, my goodness. So now, you can, like, get home and, like, go wild. In the book, I know I've seen this book, but in the book, I don't remember the contents. D- does Band-Aid have the little, like, TM on it? Like, is it is it obvious that this is a an advertising thing? If you look at you the book, I mean? if you look at the book, you actually can see, like, everything looks sort of, like, stylized. And then you look at the packages of Band-Aids and they look exactly like Band-Aid packages because uh, they're just like. But is it, but like, is it, do they make it clear? This is a brand partnership we're doing. This is an ad. This is a this brand is, partnership. This is a Band-Aid ad that you just bought your kid. 
or you is just it just bought your kid because like back then I don't think we had very clear rules on that right like nowadays you can't just make something that's an ad and pretend it's not an ad you no, have to say it's an ad no and this was one of the first times ever to have this idea of co-packaging like packaging in something like this to like help sell units and I hate that because the result is what we all know kids just want to put on band-aids all the time it's Yes, that's why you have to hide the Band-Aids, because mm -hmm. kids love to play with Band-Aids. We literally have to put our Band-Aids on a shelf that is unreachable mm -hmm. by our children, because if they get to the Band-Aids, they will cover themselves in all the Band-Aids, and we'll be out of Band-Aids. Everybody gets a Band-Aid in, in, band, in uh, Dr. Dan the Bandage Man. <laughs> it was printed, the first printing was 1.75 million copies, which is the largest printing of any little golden book ever um, to, this, to this point. Um, now, and then this is the 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 wildest thing about Dr. Dan the Band-Aid Man, other than like saying it is so fun. The wildest thing about it is that it was not Johnson and Johnson's idea. <laughs> it was little golden books. Little golden. Here is a letter. Did um, they get money or that something? Here is the letter that was written. At oh, the well, they sold golden books. That's what they got. Yeah. Here's a letter that was written at the beginning of the book. Okay. For a long time, the publishers have been ardent admirers of Band-Aid adhesive bandages, not only for themselves, publishers seem to cut themselves more than other people, but because of their effect on children. We've noted that Band-Aid adhesive bandages not only cheer and comfort small boys and girls who bang themselves up, but that they make wonderful playthings as well. No one quite knows how many millions of dolls and stuffed toys have been patched up in this manner. Consequently, when the idea for this book came to us, we promptly went to Johnson & Johnson and asked them if they would be willing to help us. They were very nice about it, and as we point out, the Band-Aid is Johnson & Johnson's trademark for its brand of adhesive bandages and for several other products in its line. <laughs> yeah, I bet, yeah, I bet, I bet they, were, they said that. Yeah, I bet they were very nice about it uh -huh. for this free. <laughs> oh, you would like to create a book that will market our product to children so that they'll demand their parents buy it? I, yeah, guess, I guess we'll let you do that. I guess we can work that out. I guess we'll let you do that. I guess we can figure figure out some sort of deal. And, you know, and it's it's funny because it worked. I was thinking, like, these would have probably just been plain colored Band-Aids. They wouldn't have had designs or something on them, right? They would have yeah. just been a solid color. So you wouldn't have necessarily a character or something on them, mm -hmm. which, like, I, our kids prefer those, but they will still just cover themselves in. They don't care. Any Band-Aid. No, Any Band-Aid that comes along, they will. So, like, I, I can see where it still would have worked. Uh, Dr. Dan the Bandage Man was so popular that it was reprinted in 2004, is still in print today, and does still come with Band-Aid brand adhesive bandages packed in. If you Are know. they in fun colors or characters That's or something? a good question. I, I don't know. I would think they want to be more timely than that. They can you imagine it. if they are also doing, like, various, like, property partnerships co too. yeah co-branded with like co frozen or whatever you know yeah. um it is also featured in the permanent collection of the smithsonian as a piece of american culture dr dan the bandage man i will say i think what they're playing on and maybe we're going to talk about this more but i when i i dress wounds a lot nowadays in in my practice and humble brag go on no i just mean like that's a big <laughs> it's a big part of what i do and, and it, that isn't typical. I will say I'm distinguishing that because as a family doctor, you don't necessarily spend a ton of time bandaging wounds, you know? You don't go to the doctor to get a Band-Aid level wound. Right, addressed. right. And so, but I do that in, the pra in my particular practice. So I spend a lot of time dressing wounds. And when I'm dressing even larger wounds, there's something, um, there's something very 
there's a deep level of human connection that occurs when someone is injured and you are physically caring for the injury. Um, And I, with a Band-Aid, you are giving the ability to literally everyone Mm -hmm. to do that. It is such a, I I don't know, there's something very, it's this deep moment of connection Mm -hmm. that like, it's in our, the deepest part of our brain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I always feel so connected to a patient when I'm caring for their way, wound. Yeah. yeah, it's very intimate. And you can, do, with a Band-Aid, anyone can do it. Like, some of the stuff I'm doing, I know because of my training, nobody has to be trained to use Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. You just use it. Um, Band-Aids continued their their sort of, like, triumphant march to success. Uh, in the mid, uh, let's see, in 68, Band-Aids orbited the moon with Apollo 8, and they were part of the kit that landed on the moon with the Apollo 11 mission. Now, we don't know for sure if if old Buzz and Neil had any, like, minor nicks or cuts, but it's possible, it's not impossible, that they had Band-Aids on their um, bodies when they were walking on the moon. So, I don't know. Maybe they've been to the moon. I, I don't know. I feel like that Band-Aid, Johnson & Johnson would have heard about that and only talked about that forever and ever. Yeah, you think that <laughs> they if would that happened, like our Band-Aids were on the moon. Dr. Dan to the Band-Aid spaceman out there across the cosmos giving Band-Aids to people. Do you think before they went to the moon, there were a lot of brands for various products that like approached them and were like, we just really want to say our underwear were on the moon or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And like they were just, they had to turn down people because it's like we can only have so many things on us on the moon. We don't really know. The moon might be made of cheese. We're still not clear on that. We don't know what we're walking into. So I can't promise you that like I'll wear your socks on the moon or whatever. Right. You know right. what I mean? Because <laughs> I was sitting there thinking like that would have been such an easy thing to do. Say so just like please have a Band-Aid on your body when you're on the moon. Just, just promise me. Anywhere. Just, I don't care if you have a cutter. It spray. reminds just you that. Just put a Band-Aid on you and then we can say our Band-Aids are on the moon. But like how many requests like that before you're like, okay, I'm covered it's in It's that thing things. of like, you know, the president uses like 11 different pens when he signs a big piece of legislation so he can like, so he can this hand is the, the pen. pen. Yeah. This is, these are the 14 pens I used to sign. <laughs> these are the 3,000 different products that I yeah. had on my person when I was on the moon. <laughs> yeah, when I got hungry in the moon, I ate <laughs> lasagna by Stouffer's. <laughs> How did I heat it? Don't worry about it. The check cleared. <laughs> and then I had a push-up. Yeah, <laughs> a delicious space push-up. A space push-up. And a moon pie. Uh, <laughs> get uh, I, it? <laughs> get it? I got another commercial for you. Put your headphones back on. Um, this is uh, a jingle that you're uh, sure to recognize. Remember, only Johnson & Johnson makes Band-Aid brand adhesive bandages with the unique Super Stick adhesive. Depend on the protection of America's number one bandage. I am stuck on Band-Aid, because Band-Aid stuck on me. Yeah, John Travolta just randomly pops up at the end of that ad. It's bizarre. Na- they're all naked in a shower. Yeah, John Travolta's just like there, getting his paycheck. It's wild. Um, you don't see groups of people naked in a shower on... TV, like in commercials as much anymore. Certainly not for Band-Aid. Um, <laughs> that jingle, which is like very famous right. and they still use, I think. Um, did you notice how, first off, the, the lyrics say, not I'm stuck on Band-Aids. I'm stuck on Band-Aid, Band-Aid brand. brand. The second time they do say Band-Aid, but yeah. the first time they clarify brand, Band-Aid brand bandages. Right. Okay, don't get it messed up. That jingle was written by Barry Manilow. Oh, 
Yeah, I know, right? Good job, Barry Manilow. Good job, Barry Manilow. Now, <laughs> <laughs> that was the original name of this podcast, but then we changed it to Sawbones. Um, now, Sid, you did touch. Next year for the Max Fun Drive, we're going to have to do a, a podcast called Good, Good Job, Barry Manilow. Good job, that Barry Manilow. That has to be our, our special episode. Um, the, the, uh, the, you touched on something during your, when we were, after we watched that first ad, and you noted that they um, the, labeled these as flesh colored. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. And that wasn't, I will say, that wasn't a problem unique to Band-Aids. I think crayons used to have things like that on them. Yeah, for sure. Like flesh or skin or things. And they are assuming that there is one color that is flesh colored or one color that is skin colored when obviously that is racist and wrong. Uh, The the Atlantic did a really interesting story on this. They interviewed a woman named Urundu Johnson, who's a 66 at at that time African-American woman living in Harlem. And she remembered that she would tell her, uh, she said, the bandages would say flesh color. And I explained to my kids, well, that's not your flesh. Um, and even, you remember in, in 1956, we had the first printed Band-Aid. It was Stars and Stripes. Now, I have seen uh, reports that say that the first came out in 1951 and it was Mickey Mouse. But that's not according to um, the the uh, official Gerowitz report from J&J Historian, and I'm going to trust her because she, that's her whole thing. I also feel like you would know, as as a Disney aficionado, yeah. you would know if Mickey was on the first I'm more printed of a parks, I'm more of a Parks guy, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this was, this was an, uh, an absolute issue. They had these colorful printed Band-Aids with all these different characters on them, all these different prints, and not one that was created for people of color. Um, so this is a, this is also from that Atlantic story. Uh, Los Angeles-based marketing consultant Harry Weber, he was the one responsible for J&J accounts at that time. He said that the uh, he promoted it between, I guess, 63 and 68, where this would have been, you, you know, uh, um, in, the, in the mid-60s there. He said the product's flesh color was, quote, a non-issue and he said Johnson and Johnson's consideration was this was a mass market product and as a mass market product you look at what is the largest faction of that market and you create the product for that faction so for non-whites which people who are not white love being referred to that way sure yeah so for <laughs> non-whites at the time being between 12 and 15% of the total population there was no way anybody was considering make a band-aid brand adhesive bandage to mask the color of skin that is the complete spectrum from pink to ebony um, so that was the corporate line. And, you know, that's, this was his, de- like, he's not going to say we decided to change all that. Like, this is just, a- this is, I mean, it, worth noting, like he was in charge of Band-Aid in the mid sixties. So like, why didn't they do it in the mid sixties? It's well, it very, cr- I mean, I'm obviously not <laughs> apologizing for, for Johnson and Johnson, but it is like, that is capitalism like that. It is like, well, and you that, know, but that's also it, a wild, like by today's standards to issue a public statement I like know, that. Right? I don't know the context like, of this. It, I don't know if you told that. It makes me like, yeah. oh, I, oh, I want to hide under the desk listening to it. I know. Um, now, the the first product to actually address this was not released until the late 90s, if you can believe it. And it was created by a guy named Michael uh, uh, Peneiotis. Uh, he was from Cyprus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he created Ebonade. 
a product designed to fill the gap. He was a father or two, realized that there was this space in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, I think he told The Atlantic this as well, we found out with our market research that between the African-American market and the Hispanic market, we would capture about 25% to 28% of the market. We wanted huge, to do the huge. first yeah. products in all black. They were marketed as the first bandage designed for people of color. They came in shades called black licorice, coffee brown, cinnamon, and honey beige. Hmm. All very pleasant to hear and to say, I will mm-hmm. say. It seemed like it was going to go really well. The uh, Walmart and Rite Aid both agreed to carry Remember Rite Aid? I do. I remember Rite Aid very well. There used uh, to be one near our house when we went there all the time. That's much more pleasant, by the way, than flesh. Yeah. Right? Flesh, flesh, flesh is just a, like, gross. that's a, ugh. Yeah. Um, Walmart, uh, Walmart and Rite Aid agreed to carry them, and but this this was uh, not going to be a success story because the band aids, the there sorry the ebon aids were kept in sections of these stores where the products were specific to people of color. So if you look at like I mean I know we still do this with hair care right mm-hmm. where it's like this is the section for. Black hair. This mm-hmm. is the section for, you know, right. th- this sort of like uh, division of the products. So if you needed a Band-Aid and you weren't a- aware that Ebonade existed, you would go to the Band-Aid section. And they wouldn't and you, be there. And they wouldn't be there. Gotcha. So by late 2002, out of an original 1 million boxes of Ebonades, he had sold only around 20000 He had lost uh, a $2 million investment, $600,000 to manufacture it. And the company folded. What a shame. He stored the inventory in a 10,000 square foot warehouse, just kind of donating them to anybody who had an interest um, and eventually selling the the remainder to a company in Miami. Uh, he is now 65 and he moved on to uh, run an IT service company. Now, I know today, and are you going to address the fact like there are – Multiple shades well, I, of band I did want to. I, I, I did want to uh, touch on our tone. Is the product line you are referring to? Okay. There are obviously other products that are servicing this, but we've been following Band Aid, so here we are. D- does he get any credit? Like, I'm assuming that was there any sort of IP that anybody that he got paid for? Well, he got to be on a podcast. I know, but this one that's not that's not money. Uh, I just feel like it was his idea, you know. Yeah, that's true. So he should have, you know, it was his idea. I cannot it was, it write his... this injustice. I'm sorry. I know. I have well, given I'm him a- credit, but that's though. why I'm asking. Did did was it ever righted, or is it still an injustice that stands? Well, here's what is interesting. Our tone is a line of products for people of color created by Band Aid in 2020, right? And they were created, and they an they make reference to this, like they were created very quickly, like way faster than other, like, Band-Aid products. They said normally it takes, like, 18 months to get a product to market. So this, this was six just to nine. in reaction to all the events of 2020. Ex- 100%. And they, like, said it in the article. They're like, listen, stuff's wild right now, and we are just going to get out in front of this thing and say, like, um, this is the quote on their website. They have this whole story of, like, the Our Tone line. Um This is a quote from Joe Anthony, Chief Executive Officer of Hero Collective, which is a black-owned, culture-driven collective and digital agency that Johnson & Johnson uh, engaged to help shape the launch of Our Tone. He says, no secret that the current climate is extremely polarizing, and as a result, certain people left out of the conversation. Now more than ever, it's important that brands like Johnson & Johnson take a leadership role in demonstrating the importance of diversity. So, like, good intent. 
probably a little late. <laughs> grand scheme of things. Well, it just feels like, well, you made us. I mean, I know yeah, that's I mean, not we were what... kind of, everybody was so mad. <laughs> that, yeah. And I do, and I do think, I, I'm not sure about the timeline, so this is like, take this for what it is, but I know we've seen products like this on, on shows like, I, I would swear there's one on Shark Tank. I, I 100% um, had the same feeling that we have seen this before. You know what? In but fact, I, I don't remember me, the I bet name I can of the find brand. It in, Shark Tank Bandages. Maybe they'll have a uh, Shark Tank. Brown, okay. Browndages is the- uh, It rings is, the bell. It's a good name. I mean, let's just call it. Mm -hmm. It's a good name. And it was the same intent, right? Yeah, let's same intent. Band-Aids for everybody. Yeah. Um, so they got a deal, actually, with, uh, looks like Mark Cuban. So good job, Browndage, Browndage folks. Um, so that that is the, the Our Tone line. Uh, that they a little, kind of like get they wanted to get into the market. They they were there. They they do make these mm -hmm. um, in a variety of skin colors now. Uh, I I think we've seen Crayola do. I wonder if it's like it's probably the same date that well, Crayola was like. I don't think they do the flesh. I, I really do think there was one that said something like skin or flesh or, or in somehow insinuated this is the color of skin. They have colors of the world. The yes. colors of the world line that has like. It's all skin tones, but there's 24 different skin tones. Yes. I've, our kids have these crayons. Yes. As you're saying this, mom bought these crayons for our children. Yes. Recently. Uh, other just like Band-Aid related stuff, as long as we're like in, in discussions here. Uh, in 2017, they launched a line called Skin Flex. Do you know, can, can you guess, 2017, can you guess what the uh, um, advancement of those is? Skin Flex? Mm-hmm. And then, like, FLEX is not in the name. Okay. No, I don't know. It is made so you can use a touchscreen through them. They're conductive. Interesting. Yeah. So, if you, if you have a boo boo on your finger, you can still, or your thumb, you can That's still use your, still use your iPhone. Uh, I like the waterproof ones. Those are big. I oh, use those yeah. a lot. Um, um, and I like the big boy, big boy ones. Oh, big yeah. Old, big the big old ones. ones. I, I, man, I, I always need more of those. If you ever want to give me something I need, I need giant Band-Aids to hand out to people. <laughs> Band-Aids are marketed as healing cuts twice as fast, which is a line I, I remember seeing mm -hmm. a lot. Um, the data for that has not been publicly released. I think it was done internally. Mm -hmm. uh, according to an article in The Conversation, Johnson & Johnson says that data is aging. Aging. And is currently being phased out. So they, that you will probably not see that line. How old? Do you know how old that line is? Um, I'm just curious if it was like, I mean, because these came out pre-antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. Um, Band-Aid has sold over 100 million units. They're in one out of seven homes. Now, that sounds low, but if you think about like Band-Aid brand mm -hmm. Band-Aids, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it is. It's well, a lot. And I would say like, while no other brand that I can think of would spring to mind like Band-Aids, um, if you go to most like supermarkets or pharmacies or whatever, you're going to have a generic, like whatever the pharmacy or store brand is right next to it. That's usually less expensive. So I can see why they would, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like they're, they're not being outcompeted on a marketing standpoint. They're being outcompeted by that's cheaper and it's the same thing. Now, what's the future of, of bandages, Sydney? Well, uh, we might have a hint from uh, UW-Madison. Uh, which is working on a bandage that uses the body's own electrical in energy to speed wound healing. They are electrical bandages that they've been testing on um, animals. Basically, 
it works. It has a tiny generator in it called a mm-hmm. nano generator. Yeah. And it takes energy from small movements like breathing and twitching. You're creating energy uh-huh. by doing that. Yeah. And it converts that energy into a mild electric pulse sent to an electrode in the bandage, which then creates an electrical field around the wound, which is something the body does already. Did you know that? Yes, what? I did know that. That's but wild. I, but I'm I'm trying to figure out like for for a major wound, I could see the utility for a scratch or a cut that for most of us I mean you're not gonna slap an electrical bandage if you just get a little paper cut. Well, I'm Sid. wondering who they're marketing these to. Like would this be for hospital the or future, medical Sydney? use or would this the be future. for like sh- selling on the shelves? You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to figure out. Cause like I most of the time I mean, we put band-aids on a lot of stuff that our kids get that really don't need anything. But a Band-Aid has now, they've done a good job of this, become synonymous with, like, this will get better now. I Uh, put a Band-Aid on it, now it will get better. Also, then they don't have to look at it. Kids really like that, I found. Then I just don't have to know it's there. I can pretend it's not there. um, They Listen to this. They tested it on wounded human skin that they'd grafted onto a mouse. The wound healed completely in seven days compared to the typical 30 days using a standard dressing. That's wild. That is wild. And with a big, with a bigger wound, I can see the utility in that. And certainly, if they had these, I would want them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> for for like for what I do. But apparently these things are surprisingly cheap to make. Mm-hmm. Like uh, interesting. Um, uh, yeah. And and apparently like this this could be something coming down the the pike in the near future. But that is my story of band-aids. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed it. Thank you, Sydney, for for being such a delight. Oh, well, thank you, Justin, for doing all this research and sharing all of this knowledge with me and everyone else. Thank you to the taxpayers for use of their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Thanks to you for listening. That's going to do it for us. So until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. As always, don't drill a hole in your head. Org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.